Psalm 31, First Exposition and Sermon 1 of Exposition on the Book of Psalms. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gillian Hendry. Exposition on the Book of Psalms by St. Augustine of Hippo. Translated by Philip Schaff. Psalm 31. First Exposition. Quote, to the end, a psalm of David himself, an ecstasy. End quote. 1. To the end, a psalm of David himself, the mediator, strong of hand in persecutions. For the word ecstasy, which is added to the title, signifies a transport of the mind, which is produced either by a panic or by some revelation. But in this psalm, the panic of the people of God, troubled by the persecution of all the heathen, and by the failing of faith throughout the world, is principally seen. But first, the mediator himself speaks. Then, the people redeemed by his blood give thanks. At last, in trouble, it speaks at length, which is what belongs to the ecstasy. But the person of the prophet himself is twice interposed, near the end and at the end. 2. Verse 1. Quote, In thee, O Lord, have I trusted. Let me not be put to confusion forever. End quote. In thee, O Lord, have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. Whilst they shall insult me as one like other men. Quote, In thy righteousness rescue me and deliver me. End quote and in thy righteousness rescue me from the pit of death, and deliver me out of their company. 3. Verse 2. Quote, Bend down thine ear unto me. End quote. Hear me in my humiliation, nigh at hand unto me. Quote, Make haste to deliver me. End quote. Defer not to the end of the world, as with all who believe on me my separation from sinners. Quote, Be unto me a God who protecteth me. End quote. Be unto me God and protector. Quote, and a house of refuge that thou mayest save me. End quote. And as a house wherein taking refuge I may be saved. 4. Verse 3. Quote, for thou art my strength and my refuge. End quote. For thou art unto me my strength to bear my persecutors and my refuge to escape them. Quote. And for thy name's sake thou shalt be my guide and shalt nourish me. End quote. And that by me thou mayest be known to all the Gentiles, I will in all things follow thy will, and by assembling by degrees saints unto me. Thou shalt fulfil my body and my perfect stature. 5. Verse 4. Quote, Thou shalt bring me out of this trap which they have hidden for me. End quote. Thou shalt bring me out of these snares which they have hidden for me. For thou art my protector. 6. Verse 5. Quote, Into thy hands I commend my spirit. End quote. To thy power I commend my spirit, soon to receive it back. Quote, thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. End quote. Let the people too, redeemed by the passion of their Lord, and joyful in the glorifying of their head, say, Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. 7. Verse 6. Quote, Thou hatest them that hold to vanity uselessly. End quote. Thou hatest them that hold to the false happiness of the world. Quote, but I have trusted in the Lord. End quote. 8. Verse 7. Quote, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy. End quote. Which doth not deceive me. Quote, for thou hast regarded my humiliation. End quote wherein thou hast subjected me to vanity in hope. Quote, thou hast saved my soul from necessities. 
End quote. Thou hast saved my soul from the necessities of fear, that with a free love it may serve thee. 9. Verse 8. Quote, and hast not shut me up into the hands of the enemy. End quote. And hast not shut me up that I should have no opening for recovering unto liberty and be given over forever into the power of the devil, ensnaring me with the desire of this life and terrifying me with death. Quote, Thou hast set my feet in a large room. End quote. The resurrection of my Lord being known and mine own being promised me, my love, having been brought out of the straits of fear, walks abroad in continuance into the expanse of liberty. 10. Verse 9. Quote, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am troubled. End quote. But what is this unlooked-for cruelty of the persecutors, striking such dread into me? Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am now no more alarmed for death, but for torments and tortures. Quote, mine eye hath been disordered by anger. End quote. I had mine eye upon thee, that thou shouldst not abandon me. Thou art angry, and hast disordered it. Quote, my soul and my belly. End quote. By the same anger my soul hath been disturbed, and my memory, whereby I retained what my God hath suffered for me, and what he hath promised me. 11. Verse 10. Quote, For my life hath failed in pain. End quote. For my life is to confess thee, but it failed in pain, when the enemy had said, Let them be tortured until they deny him. Quote, and my years in groanings. End quote. The time that I pass in this world is not taken away from me by death, but abides, and is spent in groanings. Quote, my strength hath been weakened by want. End quote. I want the health of this body, and racking pains come on me. I want the dissolution of the body, and death forbears to come. And in this want my confidence hath been weakened. Quote, and my bones have been disturbed, end quote. and my steadfastness hath been disturbed. 12. Verse 11. Quote, I have been made a reproach above all mine enemies. End quote. All the wicked are my enemies, and nevertheless they, for their wickedness, are tortured only till they confess. I then have overpassed their reproach. I, whose confession death doth not follow, but racking pains follow upon it. Quote, and to my neighbours too much. End quote. This hath seemed too much to them, who were already drawing near to know thee, and to hold the faith that I hold. Quote, and a fear to mine acquaintance. End quote. And into my very acquaintance I struck fear by the example of my dreadful tribulation. Quote, they that did see me fled without from me, end quote, because they did not understand my inward and invisible hope, they fled from me into things outward and visible. 13. Verse 12. Quote, I have been forgotten as one dead from the heart. End quote. And they have forgotten me, as if I were dead from their hearts. Quote, I have become as a lost vessel. End quote. I have seemed to myself to be lost to all the Lord's service, living in this world, and gaining none, when all were afraid to join themselves unto me. 14. Verse 13. Quote, for I have heard the rebuking of many dwelling by in a circuit. End quote. For I have heard many rebuking me in the pilgrimage of this world near me, following the circuit of time, and refusing to return with me to the eternal country. Quote, Whilst they were assembling themselves together against me, they conspired that they might take my soul. End quote. 
that my soul, which should by death easily escape from their power, might consent unto them, they imagined a device, whereby they would not suffer me even to die. 15. Verse 14. Quote, But I have hoped in thee, O Lord. I have said, Thou art my God. End quote. For thou hast not changed, that thou shouldst not save, who dost correct. 16. Verse 15. Quote, In thy hands are my lots. End quote. In thy power are my lots. For I see no desert for which, out of the universal ungodliness of the human race, thou hast elected me particularly to salvation. And though there be with thee some just and secret order in my election, yet I, from whom this is hid, have attained by lot unto my Lord's vesture. John chapter 19 verse 24 Quote, Deliver me from the hands of mine enemies, and from them that persecute me. End quote. 17 verse 16 Quote, Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. End quote. Make it known to men who do not think that I belong unto thee, that thy face is bent upon me, and that I serve thee. Quote, Save me in thy mercy. End quote. 18. Verse 17. Quote, o Lord, let me not be confounded, for I have called upon thee. End quote. O Lord, let me not be put to shame by those who insult me, for that I have called upon thee. Quote, let the ungodly be ashamed and be brought down to hell. End quote. Let them rather who call upon stones be ashamed and made to dwell with darkness. 19 verse 18 quote, Let the deceitful lips be made dumb. End quote. In making known to the peoples thy mysteries wrought in me, strike with dumb amazement the lips of them that invent falsehood of me. Quote, which speak iniquity against the righteous in pride and contempt. End quote. Which speak iniquity against Christ in their pride and contempt of him as a crucified man. 20. Verse 19. Quote, How great is the multitude of thy sweetness, O Lord. End quote. Here the prophet exclaims, having sight of all this, and admiring how manifoldly plenteous is thy sweetness, O Lord. Quote, which thou hast hid for them that fear thee. End quote. Even those whom thou correctest, thou lovest much. But lest they should go on negligently from relaxed security, thou hidest from them the sweetness of thy love for whom it is profitable to fear thee. Quote, Thou hast perfected it for them that hope in thee. End quote. But thou hast perfected this sweetness for them that hope in thee, for thou dost not withdraw from them what they look for, perseveringly, even unto the end. Quote, In sight of the sons of men. End quote for it does not escape the notice of the sons of men, who now live no more after Adam, but after the Son of Man. Quote, Thou wilt hide them in the hidden place of thy countenance, End quote. which seat thou shalt preserve for everlasting in the hidden place of the knowledge of thee, for them that hope in thee. Quote, From the troubling of men, End quote so that now they suffer no more trouble from men. 21 verse 20 Quote, Thou wilt protect them in thy tabernacle from the contradiction of tongues. End quote. But here, meanwhile, whilst evil tongues murmur against them, saying, Who hath known this? Or, Who hath come thence? Thou wilt protect them in the tabernacle, that of faith in those things which the Lord wrought and endured for us in time. 22, verse 21. Quote, Blessed be the Lord, for he hath made his mercy marvellous in the city of his compassing. 
End quote. Blessed be the Lord, for after the correction of the sharpest persecutions, he hath made his mercy marvellous to all throughout the world, in the circuit of human society. 23. Verse 22. Quote, I said in my ecstasy, end quote. Whence that people again speaking saith, I said in my fear, when the heathen were raging horribly against me, quote, I have been cast forth from the sight of thine eyes, end quote. For if thou hast regard to me, thou wouldst not suffer me to endure these things. Quote, Therefore thou heardest, O Lord, the voice of my prayer, when I cried unto thee, end quote. Therefore putting a limit to correction, and showing that I have part in thy care, thou heardest, O Lord, the voice of my prayer, when I raised it high out of tribulation. Note, high, nimis, end note. 24, verse 23. Quote, Love the Lord, O ye his saints, end quote. The prophet again exhorts, having sight of these things, and saith, Love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord will require truth, since if the righteous shall scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 18 And he will repay them that do exceeding proudly. And he will repay them who even when conquered are not converted, because they are very proud. 25, verse 24 Quit you like men, and let your heart be strengthened. End quote. Working good without fainting, that ye may reap in due season. Quote, All ye who trust in the Lord. End quote. That is, ye who duly fear and worship him, trust ye in the Lord. Psalm 31, Second Exposition, Sermon 1. Let us investigate, as we best can, the hidden things of this psalm, which we have just sung, and let us offer to your ears and minds a discourse framed upon it. Its title is, To the End, A Psalm of David Himself, An Ecstasy. What to the end is, we know, if we know Christ. For the Apostle saith, quote, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to every one that believeth. End quote. Romans chapter 10 verse 4. An end not consuming, but a perfecting. For we use the word end in a double sense, either as that by which it is brought to pass that what was is not, or by which it is brought to pass that what had been commenced is perfected. To the end, therefore, is to Christ. 2. A Psalm to David, an ecstasy. The word ecstasy is Greek. In Latin, as far as we can understand it, it may be expressed in one word, if it be called a transport, excessus. For a transport of the mind is properly and usually called an ecstasy. Now by transport of the mind, two things are understood either a panic or a straining after things above, so that in some sort things below glide from the memory. In such an ecstasy have all the saints been, to whom the secrets of God exceeding this world have been revealed. Of this transport of the mind, that is, ecstasy, when Paul spake, alluding to himself, he says, quote, For whether we be transported in mind, it is to God, or whether we temper ourselves, it is to you, for the love of Christ constraineth us. End quote. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. That is, if we would only do such things and only contemplate such things as we behold in a transport of the mind, we should not be with you, but should be in things above, as it were despising you. And how should you, with weak step, follow us to those more lofty and interior things 
unless again the love of christ constraining us quote, who when he was in the form of god thought it not robbery to be equal with god but emptied himself taking the form of a servant end quote. philippians chapter two verses six and seven we should consider that we are servants and being not ungrateful to him from whom we have received higher things should for their sakes who are weak not despise lower things and should attemper ourselves to them who cannot with us see things sublime therefore it is he says whether we be transported in mind it is to god for he seeth what we see in a transport of the mind he only revealeth his secret things for he speaks thus who says that he was caught up and carried away into the third heaven and heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter yea such was his transport of mind that he said quote, whether in the body or whether out of the body i know not god knoweth End quote. second corinthians chapter twelve verses two and three therefore if the title of this psalm signifies this transport of the mind that is this ecstasy we ought indeed to look that he will give utterance to things great and lofty who composed the psalm that is the prophet yea rather the holy ghost by the prophet three but if this ecstasy is to be understood as panic the context of the psalm will not be wanting to this signification of the word either for he seems to be about to speak of suffering in which there is panic but whose panic christ's in that he said to the end and we understand christ to be the end or peradventure our panic for what can we rightly understand panic to be in christ on the approach of suffering who had come on account of it when he had come to that for which he had come had he panic at the prospect of death if he were so entirely man as not to be god he would more rejoice at the prospect of the resurrection than have panic at the prospect of death nevertheless since he vouchsafed to assume the form of a servant and therein to clothe us with himself he who disdained not to assume us unto himself did not disdain to transfigure us into himself and to speak with our words that we too might speak with his words for this wonderful interchange hath taken place and a divine traffic hath been transacted an exchange of things duly solemnized in this world by the heavenly merchant he came to receive reproaches to give honours he came to drink the cup of sorrow to give salvation he came to submit to death to give life being then about to die from that which he had of ours he was in panic not in himself but in us since too he both said this that his soul was sorrowful even unto death matthew chapter twenty six verse thirty eight and all we ourselves of course with him for without him we are nothing but in him is christ himself and we how because whole christ is head and body the head that saviour of the body who hath already ascended into heaven but the body is the church which toils on earth now unless this body did cleave to its head in the bond of love so as further to be made one of the head and the body he could not say in reproving from heaven a certain persecutor quote, saul saul why persecutest thou me End quote. acts chapter nine verse four since no man was touching him now sitting in heaven how did saul by his violence against christians on earth any way inflict injury upon him he does not say why persecutest thou my saints or my servants but why persecutest thou me that is my members the head cried out for the members 
and the head transfigured the members into himself. For the tongue takes up the utterance of the foot. When by chance the foot, bruised in the crowd, is in pain, the tongue cries out, You are treading upon me. For it does not say, You are treading on my foot. But it says that it is itself being trod upon, when no one touched it. But the foot which has been trod upon is not separated from the tongue. Therefore thus also by ecstasy is not unfitly understood panic. For what shall I say, brethren? If there were absolutely no panic in those that are about to suffer, would that he said to Peter himself, which we heard on the apostle's birthday, when the Lord predicted to him his future suffering, quote, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and wentest whither thou wouldst. But when thou shalt be old, another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldst not. And this, saith he, spake he, signifying what death he should die. End quote. John chapter 21, verses 18 and 19. If therefore the apostle Peter, of so great perfection, went unwillingly whither he would not, he died unwillingly, but was crowned willingly. What wonder if there be some panic in the suffering even of the righteous, even of saints? Panic comes from human weakness, hope from divine promise. That for which thou feelest panic is thine own, what thou hopest is the gift of God in thee. And it is better thou dost acknowledge thyself in thy panic, that in thy deliverance thou mayest glorify him who made thee. Let human weakness be panic-struck, divine mercy faileth not in that fear. In fine, this panic-struck one begins with this, verse 1, quote, In thee, O Lord, have I hoped, let me not be confounded forever. End quote. You see that he both is panic-struck and hopes. You see that this panic is not without hope. Even though there be some disturbance in the human heart, divine consolation withdraws not. 4. Here, then, Christ speaketh in the prophet. I venture to say, Christ speaketh. The psalmist will say some things in this psalm which may seem as if they could not apply to Christ, to that excellency of our head, and especially to that word which was in the beginning with God, John chapter 1 verse 1. Nor perhaps will some things here seem to apply to him in the form of a servant, which form of a servant he took from the Virgin. And yet Christ speaketh, because... Christ in Christ's members, and that ye may know that the head and his body are called one Christ. He saith himself, when he was speaking of marriage, quote, They shall be two in one flesh, therefore they are no more two, but one flesh. End quote. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, Mark chapter 10, verse 8. But, peradventure, he may say this of any marriage. Hear the Apostle Paul, quote, And they shall be two, saith he, in one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the Church. End quote. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 and 32. There is produced, then, as it were out of two, one certain person, of the head and the body, of the bridegroom and the bride. For the wonderful and excellent unity of this person, the prophet Isaiah also sets forth. For speaking in him too, Christ saith in prophecy, quote, He hath bound a mitre on me, as on a bridegroom the chaplet, and adorned me with ornaments as a bride. End quote. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10 he called himself the bridegroom and the bride. Why called he himself the bridegroom and the bride? Unless because they shall be two in one flesh. If two in one flesh, why not two in one voice? 
Christ may therefore speak because the church speaks in Christ, and Christ in the church, and the body in the head, and the head in the body. Here the apostle expressing this very thing more clearly, quote, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of the body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. End quote. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Speaking of the members of Christ, that is, of the faithful, he doth not say, so also are the members of Christ, but to all that he hath expressed he gave the name of Christ. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of the body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Many members, one body. Therefore we are all together with our head, Christ. Without our head, nothing worth. Why? Because with our head we are the vine. Without our head, which God forbid, lopped branches, destined to no work of the husbandman, but to the fire only. So he himself in the gospel, quote, I am the vine, ye are the branches, my father is the husbandman, and without me, saith he, ye can do nothing. End quote. John chapter 15, verse 5 and verse 1. O Lord, if without thee nothing, in thee all. For whatsoever he worketh by us, we seem to work. He can do much and all without us, we without him nothing. 5. Therefore, in whatever ecstasy he speaketh, whether in panic or transport of the mind, what is said is suitable. Let us speak in the body of Christ. Let us all speak as one, for that all are oneness. Let us say, quote, In thee, O Lord, have I trusted. Let me not be confounded forever. End quote. That confusion do I dread, saith he, which is for ever. For there is a certain confusion for a time which is useful, the disturbance of a mind looking back on its sins, amazed at the looking back, in its amazement ashamed, in its shame reforming. Whence too the apostle saith, quote, For what glory had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? End quote. Romans chapter 6, verse 21. Therefore he saith, that they now faithful are ashamed, not of present gifts, but of past sins. Let not the Christian dread this confusion. Yea, rather, if he have not this, he will have everlasting confusion. What is everlasting confusion? When that shall happen, which is said, quote, and their iniquities shall take them over on the contrary part. End quote. Wisdom chapter 4 verse 20. And as their iniquities take them over on the contrary part, all the bad flock shall go to the left hand as goats separated from the sheep, and they shall hear, quote, Go ye into the fire everlasting, which hath been prepared for the devil and his angels. End quote. Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. They ask why? Quote, For I was unhungered, and ye gave me no meat. End quote. Matthew chapter 25, verse 42. They despised then when they gave no meat to Christ as he hungered, when they gave no drink to the thirsty, when they clothed not the naked, took not in the stranger visited not the sick, then they despised. When these things shall begin to be enumerated to them, they will be confounded, and this confusion will be for ever. And in fear of this, he who is afraid, or whose mind is transported toward God, maketh this request, quote, In thee, O Lord, have I trusted, let me not be confounded for ever. End quote. 6. Quote, and in thy righteousness rescue me and deliver me. End quote. For if thou lookest to my righteousness, thou condemnest me, 
quote, in thy righteousness, rescue me, end quote. For there is a righteousness of God which becomes ours too when it is given to us. Now it is therefore called God's righteousness, that man may not deem that he hath righteousness of himself. For thus the Apostle Paul saith, quote, To him that believeth on him who justifieth the ungodly, what is, who justifieth the ungodly, who of ungodly maketh a man righteous, his faith is counted for righteousness, end quote. But the Jews, because they thought that they could by their own strength fulfil righteousness, stumbled at the stumbling stone and rock of offence, and did not acknowledge the grace of Christ. Romans chapter 9 verse 33 For they received a law whereby they could be made guilty, but could not be freed from guilt. In fine, what saith the apostle of them? Quote, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. End quote. Romans chapter 10, verses 2 and 3. What is what he says, the Jews have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge? Hear what not according to knowledge is. Quote, For they being ignorant of the righteousness of God, and wishing to establish their own, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. End quote. If then for this reason they have not a zeal of God according to knowledge, because they are ignorant of God's righteousness, and wish to establish their own as if they were made righteous of themselves, for this reason have they not come to know the grace of God, because they would not be saved freely. Who is he that is saved freely? in whom the Saviour findeth not what to crown, but what to condemn, findeth not deserts of good things, but findeth deserts of punishment. If he deal as it were strictly according to the rule of the law laid down, the sinner must be condemned. If he were to act by this rule, whom would he deliver? He found all men sinners, he alone came without sin who found us sinners. So saith the Apostle, quote, For all have sinned, and are in need of the glory of God. End quote. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. What means are in need of the glory of God? That he should himself deliver, and not thou. Because thou canst not deliver thyself, thou needest a deliverer. Wherein dost thou vaunt thyself? Wherein dost thou rely on the law and on righteousness? Seest thou not what is inwardly struggling in thee, of thee, against thee? Hearest thou not one fighting and confessing and longing for help in the fight? Hearest thou not the Lord's combatant asking of the disposer of the contest help in his fight? For God doth not so look on at thy struggles as the exhibitor of the games looks on, if so be thou fightest in the amphitheatre. He can give thee a prize, if victorious. He cannot help thee in danger. Not so doth God look on. Look there. Mark him that saith, quote, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and leading me captive in the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? The grace of God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Quote. Romans chapter 7, verses 22 to 25. Why grace? Because it is given gratuitously. Why is it given gratuitously? because thy merits have not gone before, but the kindnesses of God have prevented thee. Glory then be to him who delivereth us. Quote, For all have sinned and are in need of the glory of God. End quote. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. In thee then, O Lord, have I trusted, not in myself.
Let me not be confounded for ever, because I trust in him who confoundeth not. Quote, in thy righteousness rescue me and deliver me. End quote. Since thou hast not found in me my own righteousness, rescue me in thine. That is, let that rescue me which justifieth me, which maketh me of ungodly godly, of unrighteous righteous, of blind seeing, of falling rising, of weeping rejoicing. This delivereth me, not I myself. Quote, In thy righteousness rescue me and deliver me. End quote. 7. Verse 2. Quote, Bend down thine ear unto me. End quote. God did this when he sent Christ himself unto us. He sent him to us who, bending his head, wrote with his finger on the earth when the adulterous woman was brought before him to be punished. John chapter 8 verse 6 But he had before bent himself to the earth, that is, God to man, to whom it was said, quote, Earth thou art, and unto earth thou shalt go. End quote. Genesis chapter 3 verse 19 For God doth not bend his ear to us as if in bodily space, nor is he bounded by these circumscribed bodily members. Nay, let not human fancies form any such notions as these. God is truth. Truth is neither square, nor round, nor long. It is everywhere present, if the eye of the heart be open to it. Nevertheless, God bendeth his ear to us, letting down mercy upon us. What greater mercy than that he should give us his only one, not to live with us, but to die for us. Quote, Bend down thine ear unto me. End quote. 8. Quote, Make haste to deliver me. End quote. For he is heard in this when he saith, Make haste. For for this purpose this word was used, that thou mayest understand how that all this age, which seems to us, while it is passing, long, is but a moment. That is not long, which hath an end. The period from Adam to this day is past, and much more in truth hath been past already, than remains to be past. If Adam were still living, and should die to-day, what would it profit him to have been so long, to have lived so long? Why then this haste? Because time flies by, and what is slow to thee is in God's sight short. This haste he had already understood in ecstasy. Quote, Make haste to deliver me. Be unto me a God who protecteth me, and a house of refuge, that thou mayest save me. End quote. Be thou unto me a house of refuge, a God who protecteth a house of refuge. For sometimes I am in peril, and I would fly. Whither do I fly? To what place fly safely? To what hill? To what cave? To what guarded shelter? What castle can I hold? With what walls be encompassed? Whithersoever I go, I accompany myself. For, O man, whatsoever thou wilt, thou canst fly, except thy conscience. Enter into thy house, rest on thy bed, enter the inner chambers. Thou canst have no place within, whither thou mayest fly from thy conscience, if thy sins torment thee. But because he hath said, quote, Make haste to deliver me, and rescue me in thy righteousness, end quote, that thou mayest remit my sins, and build up thy righteousness in me. Thou shalt be to me a house of refuge, to thee do I fly. For whither shall I fly from thee? God is angry with thee, whither wilt thou fly? Hear what, in fear of the anger of God, he saith in another psalm, quote, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I fly from thy presence? 
If I climb up into heaven, thou art there. If I go down into hell, thou art present. End quote. Psalm 139, verses 7 and 8. Whithersoever I go, there I find thee. And if thou art angry, I find thee an avenger. If thou art propitious, a helper. Nothing then remains for me but to fly unto thee, not from thee. If thou art a servant, to escape a human master, thou fliest to places where thy master is not. To escape God, fly to the Lord. For there is no place whither thou mayest fly from God. All things are present and naked to the eyes of the Almighty. Be thou then to me, saith he, a house of refuge. For if I shall not be made whole, how shall I fly? Make me whole, and I fly to thee. For if thou dost not make me whole, I cannot walk. How shall I be able to fly? Whither should he go, whither fly, if he be unable to walk, half dead in the way, maimed and wounded by robbers, whom the priest going by passed over, the Levite going by passed over, the Samaritan going by pitied, that is, the Lord himself, who hath pitied the race of man. For Samarite is by interpretation keeper. And who keepeth us if he deserteth us? With good reason, when the Jews said, railing at him, quote, Say we not truly that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? End quote. John chapter 8 verse 48 He rejected the one, accepted the other, saying, quote, I have not a devil. End quote. John chapter 8 verse 49 He did not say, I am not a Samaritan, wishing it to be understood that he is our keeper. In pity then he drew nigh, he took care of him, brought him to an inn, fulfilled his mercy towards him. Now he is able to walk, he is able even to fly. Whither should he fly but to God, where he hath made for himself a house of refuge? 9. Verse 3. Quote, for thou art my strength and my refuge, and for thy name's sake thou shalt be my guide, and shalt nourish me. End quote. Not for my merit's sake, but for thy name's sake that thou mayest be glorified, not because I am worthy. Thou shalt be my guide, that I go not astray from thee, and thou shalt nourish me, that I may be strong to eat the food wherewith thou feedest angels. For here hath he nourished us with milk, who hath promised us heavenly food, and hath exercised a mother's pity. For as a mother, when suckling, conveys through the flesh the same food which the infant is not able to take, and infuses milk, for the little one receives the same as he would receive at table, but what is conveyed through the flesh is suited to the little one. So the Lord, that he might make his wisdom milk to us, came to us clothed with flesh. Hence the body of Christ speaketh, quote, Thou shalt nourish me. End quote. 10. Quote, Thou shalt bring me out of this trap which they have hidden for me. End quote. Now is suffering intimated. Thou shalt bring me out of this trap which they have hidden for me. Nor is it that suffering only wherewith our Lord Jesus Christ suffered. The devil hath spread his trap even unto the end. And woe to that man that falleth into it. Now every one doth fall, who trusteth not in God, who saith not, In thee, O Lord, have I trusted. Let me not be confounded for ever, and in thy righteousness rescue me and deliver me. The trap of the enemy hath been spread and prepared. He hath baited the trap with error and terror. Error to entice with, terror to crush and hurry away. Shut thou the door of desire against error. Shut the door of fear against terror. And thou shalt be led out of the trap. 
of this kind of fight thy captain himself who for thy sake vouchsafed even to be tempted hath given thee an example in himself and he was first tempted with enticements for the door of desire was tempted in him when the devil tempted him saying quote, command these stones that they be made bread worship me and i will give thee these kingdoms cast thyself down for it hath been written he hath given his angels charge over thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone End quote. matthew chapter four verse three and following luke chapter four verse three and following all this enticement tempts desire but when he found the door of desire shut in him who was tempted for us he betook himself to tempting the door of fear and prepared suffering for him in a word the evangelist speaketh thus quote, and the temptation being ended the devil departed from him for a season End quote. luke chapter four verse thirteen what is for a season as if he would return and tempt the gate of fear because he found the gate of desire closed the whole body then of christ is tempted even unto the end my brethren when some evil or other was enjoined against the christians this body was attacked together the whole was attacked hence it was said in the psalm quote, as a heap of sand i was shaken that i might fall and the lord held me up end quote. psalm 118 verse 13 but when these things were over which attacked the whole body that it might fall temptation began in its separate parts the body of christ is tempted part by part note so oxford manuscripts end note one church does not suffer persecution another does it suffers not the rage of the emperor but the rage of an evil people how great devastations from the populace how great evils have been heaped upon the church by bad christians by those who having been taken in that net have so multiplied as to weigh down the ships in that fishing of the lord before the passion luke chapter five verse seven there is no want then of the weighing down of temptation let no one say to himself it is not a time of temptation whoso saith this to himself promiseth himself peace whoso promiseth himself peace is assaulted off his guard let the whole body of christ then say verse four quote, thou wilt bring me out of this trap which they have hidden for me end quote because our head even hath been brought out of the trap which they hid for him to whom it was just now said in the gospel that they would say quote, this is the heir come let us kill him and the inheritance will be ours End quote. mark chapter 12 verse 9 and on being questioned quote, what will the lord of the vineyard do to the wicked husbandman they pronounced sentence against themselves quote, he will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard to other husbandmen what and have ye never read the stone which the builders rejected the same is become the head of the corner End quote. matthew chapter twenty one verse forty two for what is here the builders rejected is expressed in the gospel quote, they cast out of the vineyard and slew End quote. he too then hath been delivered our head is above is free let us cleave to him by love that we may be hereafter the better united to him by immortality and let us say all quote, thou wilt take me out of that trap which they have hidden for me for thou art my protector End quote. 11 let us listen to the words of the lord which he spake on the cross quote, into thy hands i commend my spirit End quote at least when we meet in the gospel with his words from this psalm let us not doubt that he himself hath spoken here we have this in the gospel quote, he said verse five 
Into thy hands I commend my spirit, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. End quote. Luke chapter 23, verse 46, John chapter 19, verse 30. It was not without a cause that he would have the words of this psalm to be his own words, but only that he might warn you that he hath spoken in this psalm. Seek him here. Consider how he wished to be sought for in that psalm. Quote, for the taking up of the morning, they pierced my hands and my feet. They numbered distinctly all my bones. Yea, they regarded and beheld me. They divided my garments for themselves and cast the lot upon my vesture. End quote. Psalm 22, verses 16, 17, and 18. That he might warn thee that this was fulfilled in himself, he placed in his mouth the heading of this very psalm. O God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Psalm 22, verse 1. And yet he transferred in a figure the voice of his body unto himself. For the father never at any time forsook his only son. Quote, Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. End quote. Doing what thou hast promised, not failing in thy promise, O God of truth. 12. Verse 6. Quote, thou hatest them that hold to vanity uselessly. End quote. Who holds to vanity? He that by fear of death dieth. For by fear of death he lieth and dieth before he dies, who therefore lied that he might live. Thou wouldst lie that thou mayest not die. Thou both liest and diest. And whereas thou shunnest one death, which thou canst put off, but canst not put away, thou fallest into two, so as that thou diest first in soul, and afterwards in body. Whence is this but from holding to vanity? Because the passing day is sweet to thee, because the flying seasons, of which thou retainest nothing, and art moreover thyself retained, are sweet to thee. Quote, Thou hatest them that hold to vanity uselessly. End quote. But I, who do not hold to vanity, have trusted in the Lord. Thou trustest in money, thou holdest by vanity. Thou trustest in honour and in some eminence of human power, thou holdest to vanity. Thou trustest in some powerful friend, thou holdest to vanity. When thou trustest in all these things, either thou diest and leavest them here, or in thy lifetime they all perish, and thou failest in thy trust. Of this vanity Isaiah maketh mention when he saith, quote, All flesh is grass, and all the glory thereof is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth, but the word of the Lord abideth for ever. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 6 to 8. But I am not as they who trust in vanity, and do hold to vanity, but have trusted in the Lord, who is not vanity. 13. Verse 7. Quote, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, end quote. not in mine own righteousness. Quote, For thou hast regarded my humiliation, Thou hast saved my soul from necessities, and hast not shut me up into the hands of the enemy. End quote. What are the necessities from which we wish our soul to be saved? Who can number them? Who duly amplify them? Who fitly set them forth to be shunned and avoided? First, it is a hard necessity in the human race not to know another's heart, to think ill frequently of a faithful friend to think well frequently of a faithless friend. O oh, hard necessity! And what canst thou do to look into hearts? What I apply, O oh, weak and lamentable mortality? What canst thou do to see today thy brother's heart? Thou hast nothing thou canst do. There is another greater necessity. Thou seest not even thine own, how it will be tomorrow. 
What shall I now say of the necessities of mortality itself? Death is inevitable, and no man wishes it. No man wishes what is inevitable. No man wishes that which will be, whether he will or no. Hard necessity not to wish that which cannot be shunned. For if it were possible, we should be unwilling doubtless to die, and should wish to be made as angels, but by some transformation, not by death. As the Apostle saith, quote, We have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven, if so be that we be found clothed and not naked. For we who are in this habitation do groan, being burdened, wherein we would not be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality may be swallowed up of life. End quote. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verses 1 to 4 We wish to attain unto the kingdom of God, but we do not wish it through death. And yet necessity saith unto thee, This way shalt thou come. Dost thou hesitate, O man, to come this way, when God hath come this way to thee? What again are the necessities in conquering most inveterate lusts, and evil habits, the growth of years? To conquer habit, you know, is a hard battle. Thou seest how evil are thy deeds, how detestable, how unhappy and yet thou doest the same. Thou didst so yesterday, thou wilt do so today. If they are thus displeasing to thee whilst I am speaking, how do they displease thee when thou thinkest on them? And yet thou wilt do the same. By what art thou hurried along? Who drags thee captive? Is it that law in thy members warring against the law of thy mind? Cry out then, Quote, Wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? The grace of God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. End quote. Romans chapter 7, verse 24 and 25. And so that is fulfilled in thee, which we just now said. Quote, but I have trusted in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast regarded my humiliation. Thou hast saved my soul from necessities. End quote. For how hath thy soul been saved from necessities, but because thy humiliation hath been regarded? Unless thou wert first humbled, he would not hear thee who should deliver thee from necessities. He was humbled who said, Wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? They were not humbled who, being ignorant of God's righteousness and wishing to establish their own, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 3. 14, verse 8. Quote, and thou hast not shut me up into the hands of the enemy. End quote. Not thy neighbour, not thy partner, not him with whom thou hast been on service and injured him, or it may be in thine own city hast done wrong to. For these are such as we ought to pray for. We have another enemy, the devil, the old serpent. We all at death, if we die well, are delivered out of his hands. For whoever die ill in their iniquities are shut up into his hands, that they should be condemned with him at the end. The Lord our God then delivereth us from the hand of our enemy, for he wishes to catch us by our lusts. Now our lusts, when they are strong, and when we serve them, are called necessities. But when God delivereth our soul from our necessities, what shall there be which the enemy can lay hold of in us, that we should be shut up into his hands? 15. Quote, Thou hast set my feet in a large room. End quote. But yet the way is narrow. It is narrow to the toiling, broad to the loving. The same way which is narrow is made broad. In a large room, saith he, thou hast set my foot, 
that my feet straightened for room should not knock against each other, and by such knocking throw me down. What then doth he mean by saying, Thou hast set my feet in a large room? Thou hast plainly made righteousness easy to me, which once was difficult to me. This is, Thou hast set my feet in a large room. 16. Verse 9. Quote, Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am troubled. Mine eye hath been disordered by anger, my soul and my belly. For my life hath failed in pain, and my years in groanings. End quote. Let this suffice you, dearly beloved. With the help of the Lord, we will perhaps fulfil our engagement, that this psalm ended, we may proceed on our way. Footnote. We may see from this that the first and the two following discourses on Psalm 30, 31, were delivered in a strange place, not in the church of Hippo. End footnote. End of Psalm 31, First Exposition and Sermon 1.